Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Little Rock Ledbetter. Uh, welcome back, Cardinal fans. Uh, today, I want to talk about captains um, and who's most deserving of all the Cardinals players in all three phases. Uh, I have eight candidates in mind that I'm going to bang the drum for, and uh, I want to lead in with a little context. Uh, as a former high school coach, uh, football coach, I um, always felt like, you know, the appointing of captains was a very significant aspect of the culture, and it needed to be um, done judiciously um, and carefully, because uh, you know it, it's a it, it's a a position of of esteem and um, honor and commitment and there there are certain types of players who fit the mold and there are some types of players who don't quite fit the mold yet but could down the road um and but it's a tricky thing and one of the things that has concerned me about the cardinals culture over the years is their point pointing of captains that i didn't think were worthy I thought it was more of a token gesture um, to name some of some of the players captains um, because of the criteria of what a you know what a good captain means. I mean, in my book, uh, what a good captain means is a putting the team first um, and being a great teammate. B is uh, you know being um, thoroughly committed to not only the team, but to the training, the, um, the work ethic that's required, the discipline, um, uh, to someone who's eager to be, you know, coached, but also eager to lead the well, lead the way. And, uh, and sometimes being a captain means, you know, getting out of your comfort zone to hold other players around you accountable. And, um, and that's tricky because, you know, you're not going to, you know, it's not a popularity contest. Um, and it's not a boy, you know, you went to the pro bowl, so you get to be a captain. It's not a status symbol. It shouldn't be looked at as a status symbol. It should be looked at from the standpoint of true, genuine leadership, um, and it, it makes a statement to the entire team. Um, like two years ago, I'll never forget the, the cap naming of captains came out. And I was scratching my head and I was like, where in the world is Buddha Baker? I mean, to me, he's, he's top three of, you know, in the organization of captain, um, you know, worthy players and they don't even elect him to the team, to the 
to be captain. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote an article about it, um, and an op-ed, you know, um, saying this was a glaring and egregious omission and what is going on here. And I, I'm not going to talk about some players who are named that I didn't think worthy at this point. It doesn't matter, but I just knew that Buddha Baker of anyone was worthy of being captain. So, you know, in some of the responses that I got on revenge of the birds, um, were that, well, Buddha's kind of quiet and I, you know, I, he, he, he doesn't talk as much as the other players and this and that. And I said, no, when he talks, man, people listen. And Buddha is real. I mean, he cuts right to the chase, to the truth of the matter. Um, unfortunately for Chandler Jones, who, you know, um, uh, was lost for the season after five games, um, that was tough for the Cardinals. And, and Jones was a, um, worthy selections, captain, in my opinion. Um, certainly back then, um, last year I thought was uh, kind of moot because of him asking for a trade um, and it getting a little bit ugly there and contentious. Um, so, you know, I and scrubbing his socials, doing the whole thing. Uh, that's not captain-esque in my book. Um might be in yours, but I, I just uh, that kind of behavior, I don't think is is uh, uh, warrants a captaincy. Um, so, but you know, Chandler is one of the most decorated players, and by virtue of his play on the field, you know, and, and the effort he puts forth, and he was always a, a, you know, from everything I've heard and seen, a really good practice player. But there are circumstances where naming captains are important is important. And, um, you know, in that case, it was a little moot, but back in 2020, I mean, Chandler Jones was highly deserving of being a captain and should have been, but Buddha Baker should have been right next to him wearing the C on his Jersey and wasn't. But when, uh, when Chandler was lost for the season, the coaches promoted Buddha to captain. He's been a captain ever since. And, it should have happened from the beginning. Um, and then we've seen since then um, how worthy Buddha has been. And um, he even said, and I thought one of the most captain-esque things I've heard any Cardinal say was following the end of the 2020 season. He said, you know, we have to be honest. And some people, some guys weren't doing their jobs. And, um, that is refreshing. That is what more of what we need to hear and more of a holding to players to certain standards of performance and effort. And um, so that was one of the most encouraging things I've ever heard. When I get, when I get to the defensive side of the ball, of course, Boo is going to be one of the most worthy to talk about. But I'm going to start out with special teams and then I'm going to do offense and I'm going to um, go to the defense, but I've got eight, two on special teams, three on offense, and three on defense. On special teams, Dennis Gardeck um, is the most worthy. Uh, he's been special teams captain, and he's produced at a high, high level. His PFF grades on special teams have been, you know, 84, 
71, 79, right up there at the top, number one in two of the last three years, highest grade. Um, and look at this each year. Um, in 2019, seven tackles, two assists. 2020, eight tackles, two assists. 2021, six tackles, four assists. So that's, you know, that is high production. If you look around the league, um, the leading tacklers on special teams. I mean, Gardeck is right up there. And I think uh, the young man is deserving every year of the potential Pro Bowl um, special teams uh, election, you know, um, appointment um, <clears throat> and deserving of that. So that is a given to me. I mean, uh, this kid is such a baller and his whole mentality towards special teams makes it special. The other guy, you know, and then I, I thought, you know, I kind of felt like special teams should have two captains and, and, um, you know, I thought about Andy Lee. I thought about Matt Prater. I thought about Charles Washington, who's been a really good gunner. I taught, thought about Antonio Hamilton, who, uh, led the team in special teams tackles last year with seven and he had two assists. Those are Gardeck like numbers and he's quite an outstanding gunner. So is Charles Washington. So I was really tempted there to, to make an appointment from those guys. But the guy who kind of clearly stood out to me as most worthy is Aaron Brewer, the long snapper who we kind of take for granted, but he's glue that holds that, those special teams together on, uh, especially in the kicking game. And he's been such a reliable performer. And the, the man has quite the work ethic. And if you notice him on special teams too, is he's always running downfield, trying to make tackles. I mean, that's putting the team first. And, um, you know, he even got injured on a tackle a couple of years ago. Um, you don't want to see that, but his hustle, his precision, um, the pride that he takes in his game, and I think, you know, and, and in the kicking games, and he's the, the center and the glue of it. I think he's highly deserving of, of captaincy. He hasn't been a captain yet. I would put that C on his jersey in a heartbeat. Now let's move over to the offense. Um, uh, there are some really interesting and, and candidates there. Um the, the one who stands out the most to me um, is James Conner. Um, I think he's someone who's come in and changed a bit of the culture in the locker room. And um, he's a workout warrior. You know, his, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the mental and physical approach that he brings to the, to the team and the way that he fires the team up on the sidelines um, and has got, you know, has set high goals for not only himself, but, but the offense and the team in general. And he interacts with all players on the team um, in a very dynamic way. He's always around the building working out. I mean, um, you know, if you ask Buddy Morris uh, what he thinks of J James Conner, I bet his face would light up. Um, so I, right away, Connors came to mind. Um, Connor. Um, Secondly was, uh, I thought long and hard about Zach Ertz. I don't know if he's been with the Cardinals long enough yet because there are two other players 
with more seniority that I think at this point may be a little more worthy, but I think that next man in and more most likely a captain for next year would be Zach Ertz. But I love what he's brought to the table. Like James Conner, I mean, he brings a work ethic. He brings a passion. He uh, invests everything he has into the team and the, the community. Um, he's got all the captain-esque qualities that I think, uh, you know, a captain should should manifest. Um, but seeing as I want to stick to three, and I think sometimes you can overdo it with captains too by appointing too many. So I wanted to strictly um, go with two on specials, three on offense and three on defense. But the other two guys that stood out to me are Kelvin Beecham, um, and Jace and Justin Pugh, um, for d- similar reasons and different reasons. One is both have, um, been very, um, you know, uh, team friendly in their contract dealings, which means a lot. I mean, and, you know, they've, they've made sacrifices there. I mean, Pugh for a second year in a row is, has redone his contract and worked with the team. And last, I mean, he would have like some other players have done could have, you know, stood on his, on, on the laurels of having his best season as a Cardinal last year. I mean, he didn't give up any sacks and it was clearly, you know, the one game without him versus the Rams was a debacle. Um, but Pew also, I mean, if you listen to the guy talk and you listen to the way he talks about the Cardinals, I mean, he's like the the Marcus Golden of the offense. Um, he loves being in Arizona. I mean, he loves the team. He hosts the weekly um, dinner for the offensive line and invites Kyler and the court and Colt, I believe, um, invites the quarterbacks. Um, he galvanizes that room. Uh, and he, he has keen perspectives. I love listening to the man talk whenever they put a mic in front of him. He puts things in keen perspective. I think he's very articulate, very dedicated, really willing to sacrifice and work with the team on the better for the betterment of the team. He's, you know, gets, even though he makes sacrifices, he gets really excited that, you know, he and the team, you know, come to an agreement. And um, he was doing cartwheels um, at his house. I don't know if you saw that little video once he signed again this year. He just loves this team. And um, and he plays at such a high level. I think he's one of the most unsung players on the Cardinals. Um, I hear every offseason cut or trade Justin Pugh. And I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't know if you really take your time to watch this this guy play, but he has played at a high level, and um, you know he gets nabbed with these sort of ticky tap tack penalties sometimes, um, which many of which I don't think are are um, you know are legit penalties, um, but you know if you look at the quality of his play and particularly against Aaron Donald, who's unblockable. But when Pugh plays him, he keeps Donald in check. 
Um, didn't in two games last year, didn't surrender a sack to, to Donald. Too bad he had to miss that, that other game, which, you know, was a huge game in terms of the winning the NFC West. Um, the loss the Cardinals incurred um, at home following the bye week. Um, but, you know, Justin Pugh, I think, is very worthy of this distinction. And I think he's earned it. Um, and I would give it to him and Kelvin Beecham as, as well. Beecham, you know, look at the way he stood up for uh, Kyler Murray and, the, and, the, and and his teammates and for DJ Humphreys in the uh, Rams game. Um, this is one of the most, Kelvin Beecham is one of the most compelling um, figures the Cardinals and, and personas the Cardinals have ever had, in my opinion. His uh, to the community. I mean, he's a Walter Payton-esque award um, uh, deserving of the Walter Payton Award for his philanthropy and his work with schools and kids in the community. Um, Beecham is also sort of an entrepreneur um, who's out in the business circles trying to, uh, you know, um, make an impact there. But he's also a you know, a dependable, hardworking, diligent, um, you know, nose to the grindstone player who plays very, very steady football. Um, he's he's one of the re- main reasons why the offensive line has um, had some, the success it's had over the last since he joined the Cardinals. You know, he was a left tackle coming here, transitioned to right tackle, um, and made the transition seamlessly i mean he's done an outstanding job there um and he when you flip him back over to left tackle as the cardinals had to do once last year he really held up well you know so that versatility is great and i i I think in terms of character worth work ethic leadership abilities that man is a leader and um i'd want him leading my team out of the tunnel um on game days so those, those would be the three that come to mind on the offense. Um, on defense, we'll start with Buda Baker. Uh, you know, his consecutive years in the Pro Bowl are one thing, but this is – Buda Baker is a tone setter, deluxe, um, puts everything he has. I mean, look at him in the last game of the year, you know, when all the chips were down. He storms the alley and makes that big hit on Cam Akers and suffers a you know um, a, you know um, a scary uh, you know concussion um, in the process, which you don't like to see him see. You don't never want to see, but it was one of those just bang bang hits. And typically, Buddha likes to get low, you know, hit lower, but he didn't have that advantage on this play. So he tried to drive through Acres, and um, but man, I mean, Buda Baker's in the head of every offensive player, receiver in the NFC West. Um, just ask uh, George Kittle and Debo Samuel for one on the 49ers. and you know, I mean, they have to keep one eye on the football and one eye on Buda Baker. As a player, he is outstanding, but as a leader, he's. 
the most real player in the building. I mean, he's going to tell it like it is. He's going to hold other players accountable, but he's he's the straw that stirs the drink, and um, in his own inimitable way. And he's got really such a um, lovable personality, but also a very um, alpha esque approach to um, how to go about one's business in football. That uh, a very dedicated young man too, and um, so. Um, would imagine that Buddha would repeat as captain, be a captain as long as he's a cardinal, and which I hope is for his entire career. The second player who comes to mind to me is Marcus Golden. Um, you know, the junkyard dog, his love for Arizona, the sacrifices he's made, um, you know, the effort, constant effort, the nonstop motor, um, you know, his enthusiasm, the way he fires his the players up, not just on game days and on the field, but on the sidelines and uh, in the building um, every day at practice. Uh, you know, it's just so such a great feel-good story of how he came back to Arizona and has so embraced these new Cardinals. And I think he's one of the major reasons why the Cardinals have been improving um, ever since he arrived too. It's it's been um, you know it's been a noticeable improvement in terms of the way these guys ball go out and ball. Uh, Golden is the epitome of a baller, um, and uh, you know I hope that the the coaches um, are play smarter with him this year. Uh, I, I I I think they should you know keep him you know fresh for the passing downs in the sub packages. Um, I don't think the 34 outside linebacker is, perf- is well suited for Marcus. He's more of a four, three D end. Um, so put him in four man lines, um, which is 67% of the time or more anyway, but keep him reasonably fresh so that I thought they overused him last year and caught up with him in the second half of the season. And, with some of the depth that the Cardinals have at outside linebacker now, um, keeping Golden fresh so that he's at his best down the stretch next year will be, I think, a key. But having him with a C on his on his jersey would be a dream come true, and for him um, and as one of his best fans for me, um, I think he's highly deserving. And uh, of course, and I saved the. Uh, the William Wallace of the Cardinals organization, um, JJ Watt for last, because I don't know if you listen to the Dave Pash podcast. Um, Pash's podcasts are outstanding, by the way, and uh, love the one he did with Quentin Harris and Buddha Baker, um, <clears throat> Adrian Wilson, excuse me, um, not Buddha. I don't know, I'm not sure he's gotten to Buddha yet, but Adrian Wilson, that one was great. So, Pash's most recent uh, podcast was with J.J. Watt. And I got to tell you, I had goosebumps listening to it the whole time. Um, I could listen to this guy talk. Um, to use a Joni Mitchell line, I could drink a case of you and I'd still be on my feet. Um, I could listen to this guy talk all day long. 
because everything about him, you know, is is so predicated on dedication and you know, eye on the prize. Um, uh, you know, I I was thinking of of heroes, you know, uh, legends that I would compare him to. I used William Wallace as a, as an example of Braveheart because you know, look at what Watt did last year. Not only helping lead the team to a seven and zero record, but then going out with a devastating injury and unhumanly doing everything he could to come back from the playoffs. That was such an amazing, extraordinary um, act of the will um, and of a work ethic for him. I mean, his whole shoulder was torn out. And, you know, as he said on Pash, you know, they thought they were able to going to be able to pull it all together with a couple of uh, arthroscopic um procedures and said when he woke up there were the two arthroscopic holes and then two scars i mean that once they got in there they realized they couldn't just do it arthroscopically um and uh i mean for him to come back in that fashion i mean that's one of the most um brilliant uh just extraordinary acts of will that I, I have ever seen from anyone on any level um and you know i mean the fact that jj watt became a cart chose the cardinals and he still very much believes i'm going to play you a clip from the podcast he still very much believes that the cardinals are very much a super bowl contender and if they weren't he wouldn't want to be here he loves it in Arizona. He and his wife have really embraced the community. I mean, he went and had drinks with Cardinal fans. Um, he, no one is more philanthropic in the in you know when emergencies come up, the way that he gives to communities and um, not only you know in Houston and Arizona, but. You know, in, in Wisconsin, and whenever you know a tragedy hits, he's right there to help out. Uh, he's one of the most extraordinary human beings on the planet, let alone football players. Um, but his charisma—I mean, I thought for a minute, you know, I wonder if I could compare J.J. Watt to Achilles, um, because you know, and, and the one sort of tragedy about J.J. Watt is. As hard as he plays, he gets his fair share of injuries, and um, you know, and, and not in in too many seasons he hasn't been able to last the entire season because of how hard he plays and how you know. Look at the play that he got injured on with the Cardinals. I mean, he was playing edge on that snap, and and uh, he was chasing the Texans quarterback, um, you know, the rookie. Um, and who was flushed out to his right. And JJ's you know, going 100 miles an hour in, in his own motor to try to catch up and, uh, and just takes this huge dive for the quarterback's legs and ends up grabbing grass but coming down hard on that shoulder. And, you know, the effort he put forth in that play was just so, you know, out of the 
ordinary um, and so dynamic. And his just he's just got this dog mentality about him. And look at the way he played against the Rams when he came back. I mean, he didn't take any from anyone. Um, he was looking shades of his old self. I mean, you thought he might be a little tentative. So I thought, you know, the Achilles, uh, you know, um, illusion may not actually be a fit because, uh, you know, Achilles was such a brave and gallant warrior, but he had to be talked into fighting because, you know, he was constantly seen brooding in his tent, which was understandable because, you know, I mean, his oracle was that he'd die in battle. You know, in, in J.J. Watt's case, he doesn't have to be talked into anything. Talk about brave hearts. This guy is born with it. And uh, I'm just amazed. I think of how fortunate the Cardinals are to have him in, in their organization. I mean, he's the closest thing we have to Aaron Donald as being a difference maker up front. And it's so exciting to hear um, JJ's enthusiasm enthusiasm about the Cardinals chances this year, which I'm going to hook up in a second, but, and also what his, the only reason why he's doing this, um, he says to Dave Pash, which I, you know, I was like <laughs> sitting there listening to this in total awe. I mean, get this. Okay. Get this. Uh, when Pash asked him about what did you, how'd you react to the Rams loss? And what did you do? And you just want to get out of there. And J.J. Watt said, which was actually true because I heard it and, and um, read about it. He said the next day he was in the building going back to work. Wow. The very next day. He said, I, you know, I figured that I, you know, I missed some time there. And, you know, I, no sense, there's no sense wallowing in defeat. The only thing you can do is work. He said, I just wanted to go right back to work. And that's what I did. And I mean, he's asked Buddy Morris. I mean, he, JJ Watt has, has created um, a brotherhood in the building there. Um, and, you know, um, that's what Watt loves is he's a galvanizer, he's a Pied Piper. He brings players together. He also um, spreads the joy of training. And doing it properly. I mean, and then when Pash asked him, you know, you're going to take some time off this summer before JJ Watts said that I'm working, I'm training six days a week, every week. He said, I'm going to go to my brother's wedding. But uh, he said, I, you know, I'm going to present myself to the coaches on the first day of training camp in the best possible physical and mental shape. And I'll just say, do whatever you want with me. Wow. I mean, I believe that wholeheartedly. I mean, everything about him rings true. Um, and not only does he talk the talk, but he walks the walk. And that's the huge thing about captains. That's what they have to be able to do. But listen to this um, clip from the podcast. And do I'll post it on Revenge of the Birds on this article. I did on my yesterday's article, too, which I'll talk about in a minute. So it's on there too, but or you can just Google Dave Pass Podcast or pick it up on Twitter and listen to this podcast. But check this out right here. 
So I was doing a lot of interviews leading up to the draft and during the offseason locally, nationally, people asking about the Cardinals and a lot of people saying, well, they're not doing anything. And obviously a lot has changed since then, the Hollywood trade being one of the moves that was made. But also just in general, you guys were 7-0 and and 10-2. and It's not like there needed to be a rebuild. So my question to you is, how close do you feel this group is? Because, you know, Adrian Wilson's been on this pod, Steve, Cliff, Quint Harris, and everybody seems to think like you guys are close. You could feel 22 and contend for a championship. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't be much of a point playing if we didn't think we could make it happen, you know. Um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I'm looking forward to getting back out there with the group. I mean, we started out 7-0 last year, and unfortunately it didn't end the way that we wanted it to, but that feeling and that the way that we were rolling and the way that we were going about things, there's no reason that that shouldn't have continued, and there's no reason that we can't make that happen again and continue it and sustain it. As you look at the room and you think about the possibilities, do you see some similarities to some of the teams you're on in Houston that won the division? Um, I mean, I have bigger aspirations than I've ever had in my own career. I mean, I've obviously won division titles and things like that, but I want to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the goal. It's so I'm, I'm done with any small goals. I'm done with any moral victories or anything like that. I mean, I'm here for one goal and one goal only, and that's to win a trophy. So that's what I'm working towards, and I think we have a good group who's capable of doing that, and it's just a matter of putting it all together and doing it consistently week after week and making sure that we put in all the work. It is. Whoa. I mean, you know, I don't know. If I did a poll on Twitter yesterday about are you optimistic about the Cardinals' chances for success this year? And uh, I think 175, uh, the poll is now complete, 175 Cardinal fans voted in, and it ended up rounding up being 54% of the fans say yes, and um, and 46% say no. Um, which was better than I thought because of the sort of you get on Twitter and you talk uh, Cardinals, the, the just so the negativity is pretty, pretty tough. And, you know, I mean, there's been a lot to be concerned about this off season. There's no question about that, but I've never been one to think that just because you don't like some of the things that are going on and, and critique what's going on means you're a hater or that you don't, you know, um, you know, you aren't optimistic. Uh, I'm optimistic for this season. I mean, these captains that I was talking about today give me a great sense of hope, particularly J.J. Watt um, and Buda Baker um, and James Conner. But I'll, I'll just tell you that uh, on Revenge of the Birds yesterday, we, we argued, you know, is, you know, Joe Camo, my, my friend, the, the prescient professor from Western Georgia, um, and grew up in the Phoenix area, loving the Cardinals and everything. And he's the, um, the host on the Cardinal Rule on YouTube that has uh, close to 3,000 um, subscribers now. Um, it's pretty awesome. And he does a tremendous job. And he's been getting some flack for being called a Pollyanna or Kool Aid or, you know, being too optimistic about the Cardinals and this and that. And, and uh, if you know Joe's work, he's uh, about as meticulous and 
well-researched and thorough. I mean, for him to be called naive is just a joke. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, there's been a pervasive negativity towards the Cardinals and I get some of it. I mean, I, like everyone else or anyone else who was really concerned about the, the tone of this off season. I mean, but now that things have evolved and now that, you know, we're getting beyond some of the things that were, you know, getting away finally from some of the negative um, PR the Cardinals have gotten, you know, when you stop and look at what the Cardinals have in front of them and what they have in this building, and the potential that they have, which is going to be largely dependent on the younger players stepping up and um, playing to their abilities and the coach's ability to get them to play to their abilities, but also from the KG veterans, uh, whom I talked about as captain, um, you know, quality captain candidates. Um, there's a nice mix of talent. Um, and leadership on this team that, that could go a long way. So, you know, I, I I think that there are reasons to be optimistic. And if if in listening to this Dave Pash podcast with J.J. Watt, and you're still <laughs> pessimistic after that, I mean, if J.J. J. Watt believes in the Cardinals' ability to contend for a Super Bowl, and he, as he said, it's the only reason why, yeah, he's not in it for consolation prizes or, or moral victories. I love that whole part. That just that's so JJ Watt, you know. And I think it's just such a privilege that the Cardinals have him. They paid him handsomely, no question about that. But you know, I mean, after his injury, he could have gone into a shell. Instead, I mean, he um, went right back in the building and was a part of this team uh, from every moment and trying to encourage other guys. And for a while there, he helped the team sustain him not even being in that defense, which he was such a huge part of. Um, and it's just sad that by the time he finally got back, this was a team that was, you know, sort of uh, run out of gas, run out of mojo, run out of confidence. Um, and, um, you know, so, uh, but as JJ said, uh, that he think, thinks there's no reason why this time around they can't, um, get back to this and the kind of success they were having early on this time around sustain it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I am hoping and praying that the Cardinals do, um, as J.J. Watt was saying, because I'm also hoping and praying the Cardinals can keep him for another couple years. Um, you know, he just sets such a tremendous example. And, yeah, I mean, the, the injuries are a concern, but you know what? I mean, you just know what you're getting with J.J. Watt. I mean, he is 100%, 110% committed, um, and he's you know, they're in the building every day. And that really matters. I mean, when you want your leaders, you want your bell cows in that building every day. A guy with the charisma of, and I would also relate him to Captain Courageous. I mean, 
the guy with that kind of charisma um, gets everybody's hopes up. And, but he sets the tone for what it takes. Um, you know, and it always takes the work. I mean, you can't cut the corners and get it done. It's the dedication. It's that same kind of dedication that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup had last year, having breakfast together every day, going out on the field and separate times away from practice and developing their chemistry. It's this eye on the prize focus and the work ethic that goes with it to roll through the punches because there's going to be plenty of punches. And it's just so encouraging to me um, that we have a, a player, a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year um, of that magnitude and, you know, enormous, um, uh, you know, presence um, and character on our side. It gives such great hope. So, yeah, um, would love to see you also, if you're interested, read the article that I posted from Joe Camo on my um, article yesterday at Revenge of the Birds called is being an optimistic Cardinal f- is, is, a, is the optimistic Cardinal fan being I need being naive. And Joe wrote a stunning essay about it. And I thought, and it's been really well received and the discussion at ROTB. I mean, our, I mean, credit to the Revenge of the Birds guys. I mean, those guys, this, Joe's essay was pretty lengthy, but worthy of reading every word. And um, I'll tell you, you know, I'm so, so proud to be a part of Revenge of the Birds because our fans will take the time to read lengthy article or essays like that and respond. I mean, if you go and look at the comments, the depth and breadth of the comments and, and um, the you know, the, the communion, um, the community there and the interaction that we have going is just fantastic. And there's so many great knowledgeable fans there who are passionate and, you know, we don't agree often, but we respect respectfully, um, view our, you know, express our points of view and discuss them. And I, I have to tell you, I spent maybe an hour and a half on the phone with Joe Camo the day before I wrote the article and cause he had sent me this essay and we were talking about it and we were talking about the Cardinals prospects. And I would say my hope level, you know, my optimism level on a scale of one to 10 going into that conversation with Joe was a seven. Then after talking to Joe and, um, and, you know, coming to thinking of certain things that he said and being, you know, thinking in my own way that maybe I'm underselling the Cardinals in certain ways. Um, I thought after that conversation, I think my my uh, effort, my enthusiasm and optimism level was, I would say, went to an eight. And then when I heard the J.J. Watt um, uh, podcast with Dave Pash, I mean, I mean, I got to say that just zoomed it up another notch. I mean, I after listening to that and listening to his belief about this team and his will um, to make this happen, I, I'm right up there. I'd say about a nine now. So all in the matter of a few days, it was a tough off season and, and emotionally in a lot of ways, 
But now that I look at what the Cardinals, who they have in the building, the kind of leadership that they have, the young talent that is just starting to emerge. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see who really steps up. Like last year, I thought Jalen Thompson made a quantum leap in his play. Um, and I even thought of him as a defensive captain. I think he's, you know, maybe a year or so away, but um, he's on the right. I mean, we've got some young players who, you know, think of Simmons and Collins, um, think of um, adding Marquise Brown. You know, he's only, what, 24 years old? I mean, to Kyler. I mean, that connection, um, you know, with Zach Ertz on one side and Max Williams, who I love too, uh, I would consider a captain-esque type as well. I mean, that guy is, oh, my God, what a, you know, it's so great to have him back. And then the Trey McBride um, adds a dimension there, you know, and uh, oh my goodness, there's, there's so much to be excited about. And I hope that you can, I know some of you, you know, I know it's tough to invest so heavily in the Cardinals at times because they have a way of letting us down, but that's so true of so many teams. Um, you know, you get the Cardinals more than others, and we've had a long road to hoe after the, you know, the 3-13 and 13 fallout, um, you know, four years ago. So, but look at the way it's trending, and, you know, it's, I think that there are a lot of things to get excited about. And, uh, you know, if, again, listen to J.J. Watt, the entire interview with passion. I think you will be feeling close to what I am, I would imagine. So for uh, Kyle Little Rock Ledbetter, who I, you know, my fabulous producer, thank you. Thanks to him, to the uh, my friends on Twitter, at WBJ Mitch, to uh, my stalwarts and all the, the, the great fans at Revenge of the Birds, um, including my, my captain, Seth Cox, Thanks to all of them. Thanks to all of you. Let's get a conversation going again today. I'll post this on Revenge of the Birds and on Twitter. Um, if you think I made any mistakes in my appointment of captains and thinking of who's most worthy, express, make your case. Um, I'd be more than eager to, to see what you've got. So um, until next time, may the red rain pour down on you into the red, red sea. Red rain.